welcome to the Topical City Podcast Speed Round Edition because I need to get to Aldi. We're going to do this really quick today. Richard, throw in some air horns if you can. Uh, today we've got... <laughs> our, our mate Fucking hell, mate. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to get you to Aldi any quicker, mate. In, in fact, I can't keep up. What are we doing again? We're just saying hello at this current point. Oh, right. Would you like to say Jesus. hello? Sunji, hi there. <laughs> and we've also got James Asper. Hello, I'm cheery this week. No, you sound it. You, you do look it, but you don't sound it. It's just good lighting, mate. It's what it is. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get into it because, as I say, I do want to go to Aldi. By the way, if you do see me in Aldi and you're listening to this, don't talk to me. Um, like, so <laughs> we'll start off. We haven't done this yet. We, we've kind of left it by the wayside, but we're going to start off with a little fantasy Premier League update. Uh, as you'll remember, a few weeks ago, we did a one-off little podcast where we picked our draft teams. Uh, and I'm sad to say that Richard is currently leading that by some distance. Uh, he is out in front of 240 points after, what, like four game weeks? Uh, James is close, be- I say close behind, 40 points behind uh, with 198. And then I am languishing at the bottom, 70 points behind as per usual. Um, so, uh, Richard, what, what's your secret, man? You picked the worst team uh, and suddenly you're top. Honestly, we all unanimously agreed that I had the absolute worst <laughs> most B-squad pick out of everyone in that draft. I actually think that um, I still have a, an infinitely worse team than both you and James, and it's just kind of first couple of game weeks look that some of the players have been firing, like Antonio... Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I don't know how long they'll keep that up for. And it's actually even more shit for me because that's meant that while you two have been languishing at the bottom, you've got your first pick of transactions. Like, you get the priority. <laughs> so, Cam, you've been able to pick up, like, Ronaldo, Lukaku, James, I'm sure you've made a couple of savvy transfers in there as well. And all I've done so far is sub in Fernando Torres on a... Um... Fernando Torres? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm getting a, I'm getting so wound up by it. <laughs> that's what I mean. I, I don't know how I'm bottom because I've got Ronaldo, Lukaku, and Kane, and Ronaldo and Lukaku both did pretty great this weekend, and I'm still fucking bottom. Well, that's yeah, it's, it's a lot to make up, though, isn't it? And he's like, I agree, Richard. I think you've had the not beginner's luck, but you've had the early luck with it. And mine was always going to be a slow burn because I picked Robertson and De Bruyne, who were both yeah. injured at the time, uh, and Sancho who's going to take a while to settle in. So I'm hoping if I just stick with them and don't bottle it and sub them out, then it'll pay off in the end. Mm. Well, turning to uh, the normal fantasy Premier League that we saw, we've got 10 people in there. And unfortunately, Richard's also top of that. Uh, <laughs> so people need to pull their finger out because I'm getting nowhere near him. I know that. But uh, other people that are in the league need to start picking themselves up. I was quite uh, humble about the uh, the draft one, but with the actual uh, FPL team, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to be a lot less humble. You know, I'm deservedly at the top of that league. Uh, but so. you're not you, you're not as far out in front um, as you were in the, the draft. No, no, a couple of uh, uh, triple captains and uh, wild cards and stuff played already, though. So I've still got them in my bag. I still have mine too. I'm fifth. I'm dead dead middle. Uh, James. They had a very good game week this week, but it's very, it's languishing at the bottom. Uh, it's, it's very low. Uh, James, what, what's gone wrong so far? Um, I spend far too much time on this. And I really, <laughs> I really, I really overthink it. Um, I, I'll literally spend hours doing like my own, like if I was to do the wild card, do you know what I mean? And just take loads out and go, oh, would that work? Would that work? And it's a bit like, um, I don't bet on City anymore. Because whenever I bet on City, the opposite happens. So I'll, I'll look at it and I'll go, do I take Fernandes out? Do I take Salah out? And the week that I do, they'll score a hat-trick. So I feel like I'm solely responsible for how the Premier League teams perform in real time. So you're welcome, whoever is top of the league. Hi, it's Richard. My mistake is I've got three Brentford players. Because uh, I <laughs> spent, spent all my money. <laughs> So I think that's where I'm going. Right? Are any of them defenders? Because they've actually been doing quite well. In yeah, I've, I've got Carl Henry, who has been doing me some some points, but not great. Mate, you've got to captain him every week now. 
<laughs> Luckily, I captained Salah this week, so I didn't do too bad on that. Um, but yeah, that's how it's all shaken out. Uh, if you are dear Richard, which only one person is, Scott Dixon, uh, please, please get ahead of him this week. Bring it on, Scott. Bring it I on. I can't me. take it anymore. Okay, that's it. We're, we're done with that. We'll probably come back to it in January. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look at the actual league table that everyone cares about. It's the Etihad league table. I'm still top. So and, and you've um, added to that uh, lead as well, haven't you, Cam? I have. I have. Uh, me and James both scored a point off the game, unlike somebody else on the call this week. Yeah, uh, it's humble pie time again for <laughs> Richard here. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> David, I believe. An unchanged side for the third time in a row, or something like that. Who can predict that? <laughs> well, you know, it, it. I should have done really because he has done. And then what I did was again, like James with the fantasy league, I overthought it and thought that, oh well, it's the two games in a week going to start coming up now, and so we're going to start seeing a bit more rotation. And I think in reality, probably what he's going to end up happening is he'll have one team for the Premier League and another team for the cup competitions. You know, as, as long as we can win all the home uh, Champions League group matches, then we should be fine. So, anyway, that's just to put the cat amongst the pigeons and give you something a bit uh, more to think about uh, ahead of the Leipzig game, Cam. Okay, well, we'll see what I thought about that towards the end. Um, if you've not got anything to bring up about what's happened in the last week, because it's been pretty dead, to be honest, I haven't seen anything come up. I'm happy to start talking about Leicester. Uh, Let's go for it. Oh, that, there was a, a gasp from Richard there as if he wanted to bring something up. I was going to bring something up, but let's get you to Aldi, mate. Let's uh, get right into the, uh, the meeting right. things. If you could segue into the Leicester review, please do. Uh, so we were we were all sat there waiting for a, a 3 p.m. game, which is uh, only good if you're actually going to the game. Obviously, we all listen to it on the radio. Yes, of course. And I used my brain to picture what was happening. Exactly. What, what do we think about the lineup? What like seeing? I didn't know at the time that it was another unchanged lineup. Uh, it didn't click with me. Uh, what do we think when we saw the lineup? Is this the first time he's done three in a row? I, I believe, believe so. so. Yeah. I wonder what's changed in his head to do that. I told you, man. It's not like he has Premier League team and Champions League team. That's what. Yeah, it but, is. but 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 what what's changed in his head for a guy that loves rotation and keeping everyone happy? I wonder. I wonder why with because he's not like he's not got the options on the bench and it's a bare bottom squad. I think the, the first thing that occurred to me was that with he doesn't no manager really likes the international breaks. And I think that with that happening so early in the season, maybe he's after the Tottenham game, he just got it in his head that, right, I'm going to play a better team without Mendy, obviously. And um, it's because then that's a better team. And then we'll just stick with that team consistently so that when they come back from the international breaks, as long as no one's got a quarantine or anything like that, which, I mean, they almost did. But uh, it, it might keep a bit more consistency. Like, we won't have that awkward coming back from the international break and then yeah. people aren't really on the same wavelength. Some people aren't as fit, that kind of thing. So maybe it's that. And maybe maybe now that we're back, we'll see some changes. Well, the big standout to me was, again, still no John Stones, even, even though he did play during the international break for England. Are you, I'm getting a little bit worried about it. Like, he's just dropped down the pecking order again. And considering how great a season he had, it seems a bit unfair. Um, I don't know how you guys felt about it. It's just the same as last season. That there's a partnership playing well, and until one of them drops a bollock, someone else isn't getting in. And it was Laporte dropping a bollock against Spurs, I think, last season, when Kane just ripped yeah. him a new one. And from that point, he couldn't get back in. It just stones his position to lose, and... Really, I think this shows the importance of Pep's, uh, I suppose, methodology or approach to this. And it shows that it isn't a personnel thing. It is purely, this. these are the rules, this is the way we set up. I suppose what goes out the window of that is if <laughs> it happens to Diaz and see if he drops Diaz, because then we know it is fair. Yeah, I'm not so too worried about John Stones. I'm actually a bit more worried for Raheem. Like, I think that him losing his game time that was already a problem last season and now it's exacerbated at the start of this season he needs to sign a new contract if he doesn't then we're going to have to get shut of him so 
Um, nothing to get overly concerned about this early in the season. And there's plenty of time to change that around. And I'm sure we'll get some more rotation coming soon. But I wouldn't um, be as worried for Johnny Stones, who has just signed a new deal, as, as I would be for Raheem. Fair enough. Uh, the other big thing about the lineup, we we got to play our Brazilians. Thank God. Because <laughs> much as we are loving, don't think I'd want Jamie Vardy uh, running it. Scott Carson, <laughs> turn out in minutes. Um, what do you think of what would you think of that whole situation? Because it, it's insane. It was it was like, look, you either lose them for five days or you lose them for ten days. <laughs> so we were never gonna let them go. So I, I don't understand the. Uh, I, I'm glad that the rule was waived because it just seemed nonsensical to apply it in this day and age. I, I'm not fully abreast of what happened with it. I thought they went and had to quarantine and. Tried to wait for quarantine. Is that not right? No. What? What? Basically, it, it, there's a FIFA rule where if a club refuses to let a player join up with the national oh, team, right, okay, they can impose a five day right. on. But that was made before all this red list stuff existed, right? Yeah, exactly. So they were saying we would have to quarantine Edison Jesus for five days because we didn't let them go. Whereas if we'd let them go, they'd have been quarantined for 10 days. So it was never never in doubt that they wouldn't get them, let them go for the, the thing. So you'd think that it would be fair then that, I mean, it, because it is about COVID and it is a red-listed country and stuff like that, but there are teams in Italy who let their players go to internationals to red-listed countries. And then when they've come back, they've had to quarantine for so many days. So, for example, I think like Napoli are going to be without some of their best players for their upcoming game uh, in the Champions League against Leicester City. So it's it's been very awkwardly applied. And really what you could have done with, was having some clarity on it. I mean, everyone knew when the international break was coming up, you could have had some clarity on that weeks ago, if not months ago. And instead, the governing bodies again just dragged the heels and let it go on right until the last minute. You reckon it could be like they didn't want a boardwalk empire style war with the Premier League about whether they could have their best keepers at any point during the season. Well, that would have been infinitely more interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? It was like, well, no, you're not having Edison or Allison for the next nine months. You can ban them as much as you want, but they're not going. So you can play, bring out Julio Cesar out of retirement. And play. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, one thing I did enjoy seeing again, thanks to the uh, continued... Uh, lineup uh, was Jesus and Torres playing yet again. No, they didn't do a lot during that game, but were, were you happy to see them play? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think really, if I was Pep, I would put Torres in that position for every game possible and just give him, and, and I'd tell him, I'd say you've got a run of 10 games here, just, just settle in, no pressure, just get used to the way we play, the way we need you to play in that position. Um, and likewise with Jesus to a certain extent, you can't when, when someone's on that much on that such a rich vein of form, and more importantly, how much he works for the team. Like we, we talk about how important Bernardo is, and I know we'll touch on him a bit more, but Jesus equally for his work rate. So for me, it's the fact that Mars is fairly lazy and Jesus is so extra in terms of the amount of effort he puts in, it, it just polarises that further. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah definitely. We've, we've always loved to try her at City, haven't we? So yeah, yeah. it's definitely noticeable when when you've got somebody with that, that uh, energy. Um, to touch on Jesus, uh, Richard, he, he made two shots that Kasper Schmeichel just palmed away, like point blank at him. Um, I'm wondering, because I thought, it's great that he's getting in those positions, but also he was shooting down Schmeichel's throat. So what, what did you think of his overall game in the end? Like, do you think he should have done... I like how there's done? some... When there's something negative to be said about him, <laughs> like, Richard, why don't you... Uh, ch- I'm alternating. I'm just alternating. <laughs> in my notes for this exact topic, I did put uh, Jesus's miss is exactly why he's not going to play in the number nine position for the rest of the season. Not his miss necessarily, but the fact that that header put on a plate by Bernardo after some great skill, you know, it could have been like goal of the month um, quality if he'd have had any sort of accuracy on it whatsoever. But he does seem to 
want to shoot directly down the centre of goal. And that's usually obviously where the keepers normally stood. So um, I wouldn't judge him off of just that. I'm sure there was a thousand other good things that he did in the game. I don't think he's done anything to lose his place. I don't think that Torres had a great game either, but I don't think that he's done anything to lose his place. So, you know, nothing to um, get overly concerned about. And I'm with James, like, keep playing them, give them the consistency, rotate in and out some of the other players instead. Good, good. Uh, I'll come to you now, James, for something negative, please, <laughs> uh, to even it out a little bit. Um, one thing I did notice, and I'm wondering if you guys noticed the same thing, for a little bit, especially in the first sort of half an hour, 40 minutes, they were doing that thing again where they get between the left centre-back and the left-back and just get on to the end of, of every ball that was put over the top. And it, it just seems, especially against Leicester, that it's a big weakness for us. Have you noticed that across yeah. games? Like it just seems to be a thing that we take people take advantage of with us. It's it's the way Leicester play, um, but they can only do it when a team plays a high defensive line. So they can't necessarily go and do that against Burnley, but they kind of can sit it. Um, and it's not a hard thing to figure out, is it? You just watch. Liverpool do it for the last few years and do the same thing. Have three fast players and just batter it over the top from <laughs> it works against City. This is just how this is our Achilles heel. Yeah, do you, like do you remember the um they battered us at their ground, didn't they, in Pep's first season? And then there was obviously mm-hmm. last season where they battered us at our ground. We know how they're gonna play against us, but that made me even more impressed that Pep was just like no, well, we're going to play the same way. You're, we know how you're going to play, but we're going to play the same way we always do. And we just need to be better. So, yeah, they did get in the back a couple of times, but the Vardy goal, the offside goal, he was offside. So the offside trap was played well by City. You know, the um, the Kyle Walker block and the Edison block early on, that was great. Harvey Elliott couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. Um, is that, that's what he's called, isn't it? The young lad who mm-hmm. yeah. got his header off the back. Harvey so, Harvey Barnes. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Harvey yeah, Elliott yeah. uh, springs to mind because of what's happened to him this week, doesn't it? And that's what I was going to bring up earlier. So that was my segue. Uh, ah, getting that wrong. <laughs> 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 no, so I, I'm, I was impressed that that's the way that um, Pep decided to stick to his guns, and we were the better team. So the better team won. Do you think if it wasn't our strongest current pairing of Laporte and Diaz, it might have been a different story if maybe Nathan Ake had played or something like that. Why yes. are you baiting him? Why are you baiting him to trash Nathan Ake? If it I was just enjoy it. If it was Mendy and Ake, like on that left-hand side, like it was against Spurs, yeah, we would have got tore open the same way that it was. But all that means is, I mean, Ake just watched a masterclass there from the bench if he was even on it. And so he gets to yeah, see how it's done. And so, um, you know, he's, he's going to get games. And actually, that does bring us on to something. Do you see Ake playing in any of the next two games that we've got? Leipzig or against Southampton? I, I think he might play it. Well, not to give anything away. I, think he, I don't think he'll play against Leipzig. But I think he might play against Southampton. James, what do you think? I don't think, think he will. No chance. I think he's fourth. If anyone yeah. gets in his stones, and I don't think he'll get in. Well, he will, sorry, he will for the Champions League. But he won't for the league. you got to yeah, remember Stones, thinking. Stones was fit for the first game and Ake played. Yeah, but Stones was getting somewhat of a Gets rest. as well. Yeah. Ake had a pre-season, I think Stones had a prolonged break. I think oh. our doubts tells you what you need to know about Ake's chances of getting in the team anyway. Okay, well, let, let's go to Richard for something positive now. Um, what about Bernardo Silva, eh? I mean, yeah, full-on man-of-the-match performance, wasn't it? His ability to get the ball back, like win it back by tracking back and then just completely doing something creative with it to get the ball forward. I don't think there's anybody like that in the Premier League. Like We see KDB do it sometimes, but it, with him, it always feels like step one is just the natural KDB puts his right foot out, gets the ball and then is, you know, picks the perfect pass out for somebody. But Bernardo was just so good in that game, doing that. Um, the crosses that he was getting into the box, obviously his awareness in front of goal. Everybody was fucking jacking off Ronaldo for having the forethought to be in the six-yard box when a shot was coming in from, you know, outside the area. Like, it's the most creative thing a player's ever done. But, you know, that's what Bernardo did against Leicester. He was right there. He was right on 
and he was right on target with a better goal as well. So, you know, yeah, full on uh, man of the match performance. I loved his um, post-match interview afterwards as well, where he was like, I love the club. I love the fans. He made a point of going over to celebrate right in front of them. So, you know, we can put the sulky faces thing behind us now, I think, and just focus on this season. At least till January, yeah? At <laughs> least until I let it come in for him. Yeah, just just to, to segue for one second, the absolute wank fest over Ronaldo on the television this weekend was a joke. Like, I, I couldn't believe... I had Robbie Savage on, on BT Sport in the background just absolutely losing his mind whenever Ronaldo got near the ball. We had people saying it was the best debut from a Premier League player ever. (laughs) I could not believe what people were saying about him. He scored two goals, man. Like, Didn't Fernandes score a better goal as well within that game? Yeah, Yeah, he did, mate. And um, somebody else did as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was two better goals (laughs) in that game. (laughs) Just from a personal perspective, Sergio also got an assist in his first game. And then you find out people like Fabrizio Ravinelli's got a hat trick in his... So it's just this, the recency bias and also the absolute hero worship of that guy is insane. And I just couldn't believe it. There's there's a massive other element to this as well. And you see the number of articles that have been written and tweets and things like that, that it's just easy clicks, isn't it? In the same way that the papers would have... Oh, this is going down a massive tangent, so I'll keep this short. In the same way that newspaper articles would be geared to slag off City because of the larger fan bases of Liverpool, United, etc. It's just lazy, easy journalism so that, oh, let's talk about Ronaldo because everyone wanks over Ronaldo. So I can just put out this puff piece and I'm going to get triple the clicks, not only from the UK, but from the fans that just follow Ronaldo Club's club. And why else would I write about, what is he called, Eduardo, who scored for two for Crystal Palace, Like even though he did the same thing? It's not going to... Do you know what I mean? It's, it's literally, it's not about the quality of what he did. It's about who he is. Correct. So, as you, you're right, we won't talk about him because we won't get the clicks out of it. So we'll show up <laughs> about him now. Uh, James, you wanted to have a quick uh, talk about Grealish before we move on? Yeah, so I was trying to think of my, uh, my hot takes for... The game in a little bit. What game? It's uh, a mystery game. You don't know anything about it. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this one took some preparation, so I do know about this one. Um, and this was going to be one of the hot takes, but actually I kind of thought maybe it's just worth chatting about. I'm really ready for him to start playing in the middle now. I feel like he's getting a bit sanitised on the left. Like, probably 80% of the time he had the ball against Leicester, he would get it, he'd face the man up and he'd pass it back. Exactly what Raheem Sterling does. So this has to be a system thing and not a Grealish thing. So I'm ready for him to move into the centre and have some freedom now. Did he, did he not play a little bit in the centre-right the centre like um, against Leicester? I kind of thought him and Bernardo was switching a lot is what is the impression. I yeah, think. yeah. Same. But I think, but, I, to be fair, I had, I had made that... Um, Judgment based on probably the first half alone. Um, did you did you notice it as well, or is it just me? No, it is definitely the way the wingers play. They don't run at the man, and maybe that's. But Jesus does. Hmm. I don't know. Them. Foden does. I think you'll see them do it a lot too, though. Maybe not Jesus as much because he is first and foremost the striker. So maybe he gets a bit more leeway. Maybe it's more of a comfort thing then for Grealish because, I mean, Sterling, um, we know he's only got the one move, doesn't he, really, to run it in and then cut inside and shoot or pass. Whereas Grealish has a number of different options. So maybe the comparison's not fair. Maybe, like, Grealish just needs a little bit of time to settle in playing on that side. The last couple of teams we've come up against have been, like, super defensive and as you will with against City. So, you know, you're going to have, especially Leicester with how poor they've been at the back, they were going to have a lot of men just uh, throwing everything at it to to block shots, to to stop you running down the channels and stuff. So maybe it's just a a one-off there, but I am with you there, James. I would prefer to see him in that, in that central position, especially like since, you know, you can't play Gundo and Bernardo for every game, can you? 
No, and I think once Foden's Fold, back, he'll, that'll ease up a little bit. But you'll notice that I didn't take the angle of having a go at Grealish for that because we're not at that stage. If this is another 10 games we've been doing that, then I might start, you know, mentioning it. But I do think it's a system thing. And like you say, you were playing at this point. I don't know if you'll see him get into the centre unless Sterling's playing and he's playing at the same time. Well, that's because, well Phil, Phil can't even get into the middle a lot of the time. Phil got. Oh, I mean, Phil on the left. Phil on the left. Oh, yeah, well, if, if Phil or Sterling are playing with him, I think yeah. then maybe it's him. But then maybe if they're playing the wing, that's when, when De Bruyne is back. You see De Bruyne and Gundogan in midfield and maybe Grealish doesn't even play. I don't know if you'll see him in the midfield anytime soon. Our number eights at the minute are having to do a lot of um, attempting to win the ball back immediately, tracking back and stuff like that. Maybe um, Pep just wants to get Grealish like in like into the formation, the style of how we play and everything before throwing him in at the deep end at that position. Whereas we know that Gundo, Bernardo, KDB, they've got that down already if they play the number eight spot. So maybe it's just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fair I did enough. notice when you, see, when you see Bernardo pressing so much that I think Grealish sort of like runs on his tiptoes and floats around it, but he doesn't have the same... I know I'm comparing him to the tag with the best presser in the league. But yeah, you, you do see the difference in them with that, don't you? Cool. Uh, so, anything else to say about Leicester? Not for me. All right, brilliant. I'm all good. Then we're going to move on to the mystery game. The mystery game. <laughs> oh, I wonder what it might be. Who knows? I mean, Not I don't know. Guys. James has done all this prep, but I haven't got a fucking clue. Fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, play the music. We'll see you in a minute. What music should I play there? The uh, the mystery game music. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that number. You're listening to the Topical City Podcast. Disagree with anything you've heard? Don't forget to let the Etty lads know at Topical City Pod on Twitter. Okay, and we're back. Uh, we are doing a new game today. Uh, I think, I don't know about you guys, but um, a lot of the time when one of us says something on the podcast, the next person goes, yeah, I agree with so-and-so. Uh, and there's not a lot of uh, controversy. Um, so I'm, I'm here to change that today. This is Topical City Hot Takes. Uh, and the aim of the game, as you both already know, is you've come up with three hot takes each that you think I'll disagree with. Uh, the the rules are that there's uh, a house rule that an honour rule rather um, that you both actually believe these hot takes, and the aim of the game is to annoy me the most, uh, which I'm sure <laughs> you've both been looking forward to. Um, at the end of the day, whoever I most want to punch in the face is going to get a point on the Lads League table. It was so hard to find a line with this because it was like I could just really piss come off and there's nothing to do with football. there's only two rules they have to be football related and you can't use Eddie Jekyll because it's too easy Uh, (laughs) so uh, I'm going to flip a virtual coin uh, to see who goes first to talk amongst yourselves for a second well James is on mute so I guess I'll just um, (laughs) hum a nice tune heads or tails tails never fails tails never fails let's have a look Uh, tails has failed again (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the the fourth time in a row. (laughs) So, uh, James, uh, hit me with your first opinion that I'm going to completely disagree with. Right, so this is football adjacent. It is still really football. (laughs) We're already breaking the rules. No, 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 no. The boundaries are getting... uh, I'm already annoyed, so it's going the right way. (laughs) It might just... um, there might be some people that listen to the podcast that don't watch this TV show. So uh, my hot take is you can't love Roy Kent in Ted Lasso and hate Roy Keane. He's clearly based on Roy Keane. Therefore, Cameron, you love Roy Keane. So you're saying you can't love Roy Kent without... Loving Roy Keane. And hate... Okay. Yeah. Um, So you're basically a Roy Keane fan club at this point. That's interesting. (laughs) Which, to be fair, mate, you do have that tattoo of Roy Keane on your chest. So, <laughs> what, what I would say to this is um, Roy Kent is a hyper Roy Keane uh, in that he swears on air 
Um, and also he has a heart of gold. Uh, and I maybe Roy Keane does that behind the scenes, but I can't see it. Um, also, Roy Kent never played for United. As far as I'm aware, in the fictional backstory of the show, um, <laughs> Roy Keane never played for Roy Kent never played for United and Roy Keane. See, look, you're confusing them both already. It's mad that they've got the same name almost. <laughs> like, even though I know this, he's one hundred percent linked. But the thing is, in the show, he's a centre back and right, he's an hard man re- centre back. So <laughs> I'm just going to rip him off completely. Odd. Um, I I do disagree with you, but you're not annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you, you sounded pretty annoyed to me. To be fair, <laughs> I'm more annoyed uh, at the fact that the show's so blatantly ripped him off and I've never noticed it until now. <laughs> it, was only, it was only really relevant when he became a pundit that it really like, shone through yeah. to me. But uh, I do disagree, so that is a, a slight point in your favour, but I'm not annoyed about it. Maybe I do love Rocky. <laughs> Who knows? There's, there's a clip, Richard. Say that one. Yeah, that's the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see the title of the podcast, will you be annoyed? I meant Roy Kent. You got a little edge here. Richard, what have you got? So my first one is that if two teams finish the season on the same amount of points, the team who finishes higher should be decided by their head-to-head results in the season rather than goal difference. That's my hot take. That's what they do in Spain. I'm pretty sure that's what they do in a lot of the other continental leagues. And... I just don't think that the amount of goals scored, goal padding against teams like Norwich and Arsenal is uh, <laughs> at the bottom of the table is the best way to have a head-to-head decided. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and I don't think I disagree with you. Damn it. So that's, that's already... <laughs> so, uh, I, I could sort of see where a disagreement would come in if, say, one team had scored 30 more goals than the other one, and one team had one nilled for 38 games and I can see why it'd be frustrating then where you got beat twice by that team 1-0 but absolutely battered every other team in the league so I can see why you'd think I would disagree with that but yeah no I think if two teams are exactly the same and can't be separated the team yeah. that team should win I was kind of just re- hoping that you'd rely on the fact that City have the best goal difference every season so that it wouldn't benefit City specifically. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been too impartial and fair today, I'm afraid. But, uh, no, I think I agree with you. So that, that is, uh, James is ahead at the moment. Only slightly, because I'm not upset yet. As you so do, say, I, do I get an in-game point for that? No, it's it's based on feeling. <laughs> it's, so a con- right. it's a constant barometer a, of feeling. Imagine there's a scale. You're you're like slightly up. Uh, oh right, okay. Uh, Richard is is still at the start line, so uh, I think cool we'll neutral aim, zone. I think we'll aberrate. Uh, we'll let Richard go again. I think. Go for it. All right. Well, I've got to um, really put my foot down with this one then. I think that Manchester City should stick with the false nine for throughout the rest of Pep's tenure at the club. I think wow. that we've really got it down now to a T and that blowing hundreds of millions of pounds on wages and transfer fees on a striker when we don't necessarily need to do that with all the goals that we're banging in. We can, we've got plenty of attacking players and we can continue down the exact same line we have done. So even if he stays here for four years, like people are hoping that he might do. We like have proven, proved. yeah, we've proven, Pep's proven he doesn't need a striker at the club. He can make it work no matter what. So you've also been saying in the last few weeks that we should have bought a striker, though. So I, I'm doubting the legitimacy. Yeah, I don't believe you believe this. See, I have changed my mind on this. How convenient. So, <laughs> so if we bought a striker in January, that's the wrong move. Absolutely, it's the wrong move, especially when we need to strengthen a left back at DM. What I have said in previous podcasts, just to hammer home the validity of my belief in this, is that it would have been a disaster if we didn't sign a striker in the last transfer window, which it was. But that's because there's going to be other positions which will need strengthening in future transfer windows without us taking a massive chunk of that fee to spend on another striker down the line. So... That's what I think the money should be better put towards and we should stick with a false nine now. Let's test this, Cal. Right, it's January and you have a choice of signing 
Haaland or Gaia from Valencia? Who are you picking? Who's this for me or, uh, or for you, we... Richard? For you, I've got to pick Haaland, of course. Yeah, I'm picking Haaland as well. So, Richard, who are you picking? I'm picking Dyer. Well, I said Gaia for a start. So, <laughs> no, no, you picked Eric Dyer, and that's pissed me off more than anything. <laughs> um, I get, I get where you. I do violently disagree with you because um, I personally the fact that we make so many shots don't put them away is, is fucking annoying I know this season it's not been that much of a problem so far but it's very annoying um, I do disagree with you pal congratulations uh, I I I don't know if I'd say I'm annoyed I am feeling the, the hairs on my back rise up but I don't know whether that's from uh, continued annoyance since the start of this or whether it's specifically for me you you are a difficult man to annoy. To be fair, the yeah, only other so thing placid. I could the only thing I could possibly say was we should have a rule in place where I stay at the top of the fantasy league table for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can feel my blood slightly boiling, so I'm going to say you're edging it at the moment, pal. But now we've got James's second uh, take coming up. What have we got? I think you are a hypocrite and you're pathetic. <laughs> Full stop. No, I think you're a hypocrite in terms of football. <laughs> and you're pathetic if you bang on and tweet all the time about not wanting Ronaldo at our club, but then you won't put him in your fantasy team. What's I would, but it is a thing. I would agree with you on that. Because <laughs> I, I said that last week. <laughs> you said the rules are just who can piss you off the most. So that's what I'm going for. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not pissed off because I agree with you. <laughs> So you think and you're I, a hypocrite? I, I basically took him to you guys couldn't because I wanted <laughs> I wanted the three players in the league that are gonna score the most goals. <laughs> so I, I am 100 percent fully Fucking hell. for taking <laughs> uh, so that is a dead rubber, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, definitely. I, I appreciate the hurtful language. <laughs> <laughs> but it has only strengthened my resolve in that I was right to do it. Uh, so, uh, if we're uh, average, it's your go again, pal. Uh, what's your last one? Okay. Uh, my last one is Liverpool are actually a really endearing club and have some incredibly likable players. This. Right. We talked about believability. I'm calling that shit out right there. You can no. say it live on this. Well, it's not live yeah. on this podcast that you think that Liverpool are likable. Yeah, my my annoyed barometer is just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think I think because um, I think I think there is a way that um, I would agree with you on this. Um, so it depends what you're going to say here. What? What? Well, what in that case, I'm not explaining any further. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's no points. To... <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I actually think if you, if you go through the squad, like the, the, if that was United back in the day, who we hated, you'd look at the likes of Roy Keane and and um, and hate him, and Gary Neville and hate him, and you look at Henderson, for example, and go, actually, do you know what? He's a model pro. He's he's a great passer of the ball. He works hard. He's a good captain. You look at Salah and go, actually, he's brilliant. You know, there's the odd one that you're not so keen on, like the Ox, maybe, but, you know, Van Dyke's a bit of a prick, but he's excellent. And I can completely understand why Liverpool fans wet themselves over this team. I don't, you've named me three players that might be likeable. Is that is that the limit? Or... Uh, I think Joel Matip is incredibly likeable. I think he's an absolutely nothing entity. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody he played, he played at the weekend. Gone. Played at the weekend. Sadio Mane is an absolute delight, clearly. Uh, Jota is a very interesting little player. I think there's only really Firmino, who's a wanker, and Oxley chamberlain who's full of it. And I think the rest of them are actually... You'd, you'd love Robertson in your team. Oh, he's a prick. He's the world's but, biggest but, prick. But you'd love him. You'd love him. You'd absolutely no, love Robertson in your team. You would. He's, he, oh, this is work. He's annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would, but, uh, the way I would agree with you is that the club itself is not a problem and that it's the fans that, that are the problem and the reason most people get annoyed with Liverpool And the media. It's the fans and the media rather than the club itself. So I think the club itself might be quite likeable, but it's just turned into an absolute juggernaut of 
false belief and uh, just sucking yourself off every week. Um, yeah, you've upset me. Good, good on you. <laughs> 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 that, that's what. Uh, all right, Richard, you've got it all to play for. You're going to have to upset uh, me something first, eh, boy. So I wasted one on the uh, on the last two, really, because I mean I made them up kind of on the spot because I couldn't remember my original ones. Excuses from... are coming in early, aren't they? But I have remembered one of my. Uh, one of my original ones, and I'm just debating which one to go with, but I think I'm we're just going to have to go all in on this one, right? Okay, so I'll risk it. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> After Pep Guardiola leaves, Cheeky, Soriano, and Barada should all be cleared out as well. Hmm. I think that you should have a bit of a tear-up of the infrastructure at City. I think they've accomplished what they set out to do with the CFG, with being set up to bring Pep Guardiola in and that rather than continue in the same vein consistently trying to search for a Pep Guardiola imitator and carry on that we need a complete overhaul, a whole different way of thinking at the football club, at the whole CFG and get those guys out and a whole new lot of people brought in. Mm, That's an interesting one. So we're going to sacrifice style of play. We're probably going to sacrifice some of the type of players that we bring in, but that's what's necessary for the next evolution of Manchester City after Pep. Richard, I don't want to go back to the likes of George Savaras. <laughs> well, that. mate, I think that uh, Antoine Sibierski might be a, a type of player, might be a great <laughs> signing for someone like Manchester City in the future. Surely this is just pleasing you. Here's the thing. Talk about old city players that we might get back. So this well, is just pleasing, Cal. I don't know if I if I complete. Here's the thing. Barcelona have tried to do the same thing for 15 years, and they have gone to absolute pot in the last season or so. I don't know if I want that to happen to City. But having said that, those guys aren't the reason that Barcelona's gone to pot. It's everybody who came after them. Um. So you're saying the second Pep walks out the door, they should go as well. Yeah. Same day. No, no crossover, no handover, no. No, I'm complete gutting. And delete all their emails the way things have gone on with previous <laughs> execs that have left as well. Uh, okay, I do disagree. I, I don't necessarily disagree in the fact that they should be the runners of this club for 30, 40 years on. But I also don't think they should be kicked out the second pet. There needs to be some kind of handover and transition. Because um, they like, they, they, how long did they stay after Pep left Barca? Barca, was it? Did they go straight away then? No, I believe there was a, a a bit of a transition there. Yeah, so they they continued to stay a bit successful after Pep left as well because Enrique won of the. Well, they had Messi at the club, didn't they? In a in a two team league, but. Well, you'll be after that. I do disagree with you, but I am not upset about it. <laughs> so, in terms of disagreements, I think you're both level. Uh, in terms of in terms of actual being disagreed, I actually made of, you see this. Well, I've not finished. In oh, terms sorry. of <laughs> in terms of being annoyed by it, which I think is mm. has to prove the the deciding factor here, considering I think you're both level. James, you have upset me the most. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, with that, James has won a coveted topical city podcast point. Uh, and uh, congratulations. I think we had a nice time where we didn't really agree very much for once. Yeah, <laughs> I've just sold my soul for that point. <laughs> so we all know that now James loves Liverpool. Uh, so we can <laughs> reference that going forward. And if he are says we, he we... doesn't, then he lied on a topical city game and he retroactively forfeits the point. Are we so... done with the game? <laughs> We're done with the game. Right, so I will clarify. I completely agree that it's the fans that are unbearable. I don't think there's anything wrong with the players necessarily. I think it's the fans that make them unbearable. Whereas with United, I thought the players were equally as unbearable as the fans. I think that was your point anyway. I think and I, I didn't was... specifically say it because I didn't want to. Uh, so most salad diving everywhere isn't annoying as fuck. Well, that's just I don't hate him any more than I would Zaha doing it at Palace. It's just part of the game, and there's players in every team that do that. I hope everybody at home is listening to this. It's definitely not fair enough. 
<laughs> and do you know what? It was one of my takes, <clears throat> and I wasn't so sure where, where you sat on it. So I went on your Twitter, and I remember you posted a thing about um, words that you'd blocked and muted. <laughs> it was all about Liverpool. I, I did, it. yeah. About a year and a half ago. Yeah, I could do my research on this one. Mm. Okay, well. James would have pointed that. Maybe we'll do this again. Maybe one of the other guys will want to do this. Maybe we'll make it a thing. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, so that was the game. James would have pointed, uh, and I'm very upset now. So we'll see how the rest of this goes. <laughs> see you later. We'll see you in the part three. <laughs> see you later. See you later. <laughs> see you in part three. We may be fans of the best team in the land and all the world, but sometimes life isn't always great for everyone. You can make life a little bit better for someone else by donating to your local food bank. Visit MCFC Food Bank on Twitter for more information and for their GoFundMe link. Okay, we're back. I've calmed down. Uh, James was just telling me how much he just loves how Trent Alexander-Arnold loves all food. Uh, and that's why he really <laughs> said that. Uh, so we'll talk about the next game in the calendar, a game I'm going to. First game I've gone to in quite a while. Uh, I think I'm the last one out of the three of us to step foot in the stadium again. Uh, we're playing Champions League is back. We're playing RB Leipzig. Um, I think we'll start without going into the game first. How do you feel about the group itself? What would you think? How do you think we felt? We fared there, Rob. You're a bit unfortunate, aren't you, to draw um, two very good teams beginning pot one yourself. But that was going to happen to this season. I mean, it, it's happened to Liverpool. Um, they, they've got arguably as tough a group that we, than as we do, if not more so. So, you know, at, at least the group stages are going to be interesting this season. I always hate how early the Champions League starts. Like, I wouldn't mind them kicking it on in, like, November or something like that. Let us have a bit more of the Premier League and, and some of the domestic cups first. But... Here we are. Um, yeah, but it's going to be good to actually go to some uh, Champions League group stage games. Hopefully, they're a bit cheaper. Uh, how much was your ticket? I don't think it was that cheap. I want to say it was like 30, 40 quid. Uh, to be, to be fair, yeah, maybe that's about as much 35 or something like that might be what you would be paying to watch someone like Shakhtar. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot more interesting for me anyway. Can we just watch the Liverpool talk? Because uh, James's desk is raising and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you feel about the group, James? Uh, I echo everything that Richard said there. Um, I'm a little bit um, biased at the minute because I am playing as Leipzig on Football Manager. So I feel like it's my my team facing my other team. Um <laughs> Is that so why you like didn't some... know that um, Nagelsmann had left and joined Munich? Because yeah, you thought you were the manager. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I'd fucked him off myself. Um, See, so yeah, I feel like um, a proper Danny Almo expert at this point, um, which obviously isn't true in real life. Um, so I did, <clears throat> because the squad's obviously very different to the squad I play with in football manager, because I just fucked half of them off. Um, I did have a quick Google on Leipzig just to see who was actually there. Um, and still there. And I saw an article that was uh, on Bundesliga.com and it was five reasons why RB Leipzig will beat Man City in the Champions League. Interesting. I thought, oh, right, okay. Let's have a look at that. One of the reasons is because Danny Elmo was in the Barcelona youth team. <laughs> the other reason is because Angelino did play at City briefly. And uh, one of the other reasons is because the last time that um, Leipzig drew a, a group with a Manchester team, they won. And that was Man United. What the fuck is this article about? <laughs> and this about was clickbait stuff, man. That, <laughs> On the actual Bundesliga website, though. Wow. I know, not just like, yeah. <laughs> Personally, when, when, I saw, when I saw that group, I'm not that worried about it because... Leipzig have been gutted over the last two seasons. Absolutely, completely gutted out. They lost, just this season, they lost Nagelsmann, Kanate, Upper Mikado, uh, and Sabitzer. They've all gone. All to Leipzig. Bayern Munich as well, right? Kanate so went the to the direct Liverpool. competition. All right, right. Sorry, uh, Kanate went to the L-word team. 
Um, the other three, the whole spine of the team and the manager's gone to Munich. Um, PSG, if they play anything like they did last year where they were a team of individuals, I've got no worries about that. Uh, Club Bruges, uh, Club Bruges. <laughs> Um, we'll beat them for Vincent when we saw. So, like, <laughs> I'm not that fussed about it. I, I, I don't yeah, I'm not a couple say, of players in, though. Who did they brought him? Andre Silva. No. Who, the striker, Andre Silva. No, I know him. I'm just not worried about him. Yeah, he scored more goals than Haaland last season. In, in the Serie A, who cares? And um, Moriba from Barca is only the young lads that we were after. Yeah, he's, he's not going to replace um, Sabitzer, though, is he? Like, he's, he's, I, I don't think... I mean, by all means, anybody can be anybody on the night. I'm just saying, when I saw that group, not that bothered. I'm not saying we'll walk in and finish top, but I don't think there'll be any worries about getting out of it. I definitely wouldn't. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I wouldn't <laughs> overlook um, either Leipzig or PSG, but what I do think is that... Leipzig got battered against Bayern Munich over the weekend and we're that level. So we've got exactly what it takes to beat both PSG twice and Leipzig twice on the day. And even if we finish second in the group, like I could, I could see us, I could see PSG finishing above City, but the way that the things are organized, you might end up uh, finishing first and then end up drawing like Real Madrid or something anyway, or Atletico Madrid or something anyway. So um, you you could end up facing a really tough team regardless of where you finish in this. So as long as we qualify, that's the important thing. Well, speaking of the next draw, it segues nicely to how do we fancy our chances of getting back to the final straight away? I think it would be silly to take it as granted. I do wonder how often it actually happens that a team goes back the following season and does it again. Liverpool. I think, uh, your your favourite teammate uh, did it very recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how often does that happen? Uh, Madrid obviously won it three times yeah. in a row. Three times and then one removed as well. Yeah, so I, I, I know I know you've just given me two examples. Though, but I kind I kind of feel like they're both exceptions to the rule somehow. Munich. Um, yeah, Munich. Munich probably PSG came close, didn't they? They got to a semi final the time afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I, I, we don't know, is what you say. There's no way to tell at this particular moment in time. The chances are good, though. I mean, if if you think about teams that have strengthened since we were last in the final, it's the English teams in PSG, and everyone else is worse off. So well, Bayern have just raided half a German team. Oh well, that's true. Actually, yeah, M- maybe uh, yeah, Munich as well. Um, but we don't ha- we can't play any of the English teams or PSG until at least the quarterfinals, right? Being in the same group as PSG, and then you can't draw. An English club until the QF, so believe so. Chances of us get progressing further than um, we have done in previous seasons is quite high, at least. We're gonna win it. Who cares? Let's just say (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna win it. Uh, All right, uh, I've got a lineup for you, Um, and I know I said previous to this that you won't see Grealish at centre midfield for a while, but I'm putting. I've gone, because it's the first Champions League game, I think you'll want to get off with a win, so I've gone fairly strong. Uh, I've gone Edison, uh, back four, Cancelo, Stones, Diaz and Zinchenko. I think, like you say, Richard, I think maybe he's going to alternate people for the Champions League games and the Premier League games, so I think Stones might start playing in these games instead. Uh, I have gone Fernandinho, because Rodri's played quite a bit uh, recently, so I thought bit of defensive stability. Maybe he gave Fernandinho 10 minutes at the end of the last game as a bit of fitness. Uh, gone Gundo and Grealish in the midfield because as far as I'm aware, De Bruyne's still not available. Um, and then up top, I've gone Mares, Bernardo as a false nine and Sterling. Obviously, Gundo and Bernardo might be swapped. Uh, but but De Bruyne was on the bench, maybe. Mm. I just think as with him not getting any... I don't with him not yeah. getting any minutes though, neither were brought on, were they? So I think that mm-hmm. I've said it before, I think that you're probably likely to see them come on as a sub before yeah. they um they feature directly. So yeah, I think uh Mara's Bernardo still at the top. I think Torres will get a rest. Um just because I think he want to go out as strong as he possibly can without De Bruyne playing. Uh and I think Fernandinho's better than Rodri, so that's why I've done that. <laughs> um 
what are you guys thinking for alterations out of those 11? How about first, Richard? Yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. I think with you picking the false nine there, Cam, Bernardo has that, because we have to do a sub, don't we, where it's one out and and one in. Um, well, no, if you, if you think a striker will play instead of Bernardo, you can do that. Yeah, but I, I think that Bernardo would play, but in the centre of the pitch. So then you, you're you looking at Gundo or Grealish, aren't you? And I'm not sure how likely that is. So I'm going to say, um, I think that I would take Mares out and put Gabby Jesus in. That's going to be mine. Okay, James? Um, I didn't quite get what Richard was saying there, because mine would be to take Gundo out, play Bernardo in midfield and still play Torres up top. That's what I was going to say. If you wanted to do that, Richard, you can do it. Like it. It's just the player that you choose has to play and the player that I you take out and mine doesn't play. Sorry, I, I didn't think that it was impossible. Like it was against the rules. I just thought <laughs> for it was more difficult to decide who would go out for Torres, oh, basically. Yeah. Right, I understand. So, James, you said uh, Torres for Gundo. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. Um, I do think either of those can play. I think it's up in the air. I, also, I think Laporte could very easily play instead of Stones again, which is the the, the choice that got me a point. So <laughs> I very much think that could happen again. I'm not confident I'll get any points off this, but I think you two might. Um, prediction: I've gone three one. Uh, I think um, Syria Syria superstar Andre Silva might get a goal, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, I think uh, Grealish will score for us. I think he'll get his first Champions League goal. Um, here's hoping. Uh, so 3-1, Jack Grealish to score. I know you won't get any points for it, but do you want to do a prediction anyway? 2-0 for me. 3-0, see. Good. We all think that'll be a healthy win. Uh, oh, no, I was 2-0 to... like too, sorry. Oh, fair <laughs> Is that you managing him 2-0? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not much point in talking about Southampton. It's still over a week away. We should win it, unless you guys think any different. One thought would be that um, maybe we see the exact same team that we've seen in the last ones against Leipzig and then the rotation comes for Southampton because they're yeah, less of a challenge. But that's yeah. uh, that's my only thought on that for now. But I won't be predicting that team either. So I believe it will be me getting two bites of the cherry. No, so I'm you'll see that. Games are coming thick and fast, eh? You'll see that uh, up on Twitter on... When is it? Is it a Saturday game or something? Saturday, 3pm, your favourite, mate. You'll see that on Saturday uh, at some point. Uh, any other business that you lads would like to talk about? Um, not for me, I don't think. Okay. I was just going to ask, um, the Harvey Elliott injury, did you guys see it? Yes. yes. It's not as bad as it was first, though, is it? They thought he broke his leg, but it's just a dislocated ankle. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was a ref? Well, that's I mean, what I was going to say, because um, it wasn't that long ago that Klopp was saying that with a few fouls getting let go, it was going to result um, in a few more injuries for players. And I was going to say, like, do you guys think that what happens to Elliot proves him right? No, because that's such an easy thing to say. That's like saying, by doing that, there'll be more goals scored because the player won't be stopped as much. It's, it's, an, easy, it's an easy win for him to say that. Because as soon as there's an injury, they go say, told you so. But those injuries could have happened anyway. Yeah, I mean? plus um, he actually wasn't let off with it. He got a, a straight red. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, literally, it's nothing to do with stuff getting let go. It's just like the, I, I was watching it and he was very overly animated on the touchline, as you would be if you would want to be a bit overprotective of one of your young players that's been a regular starter for you. But it felt like he was having a go more at the officials than he was like raging about the situation. So mm-hmm. I was hope, thinking maybe he's doing a bit more politicking for heavier. So was that, was that you saying style. it's not a red? No, I thought that it was a, a fair challenge. But if you, I guess a, a straight red is if you endanger an opponent, which is ultimately what happened. So well, that, that's what I was going to say is that I think I struggle to think of a situation where if you've put your foot in and broke somebody's bone, you have not made a safe challenge no matter how how you've come at it. Like, do you know what I mean? So um, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Because you could genuinely just go for a ball. You could not even see I'm not saying it's intentional. 
I'm not saying you've done it intentionally. Yeah, but if someone comes in from behind you and puts their leg in front of your leg and you break their leg... That's you not... made a rash challenge in that case. No, because you might not have known they were even there. They might have just nipped in behind you. You might have been completely... I don't think it's as black and white as that. I don't, I don't think... You, if you're making that kind of tackle, you know who's got the ball. You know, fair enough. If if you're making a tackle on the ball and some other player runs in between you and the player that's got the ball and you take him out, that you can't. I I don't think there's any situation where you would make a tackle on a player not knowing where he is. Because if you do, that's a rash tackle and you've not weighed up the thing. And you've well, who says it has to be a tackle? It's just endangering the opponent, isn't it? Like you said, if it, it ends up with a broken leg, regardless. Uh, this this is a debate. This is a debate for that too, friend. Um, but it's the end of the podcast, just, guys. I'm trying to get to Aldi. Just just on that thing though, in terms of consistency with refs, is there something about called Cooper? Yes, he did exactly the same tackle later on in that half, mm. and didn't get done for it. He he led with his first leg and he dragged. He, he bent his back leg, dragged it over the back of Mane, and it's exactly the same thing, and he got away with it. Well, it makes sense that you'd be defending uh, Liverpool. So, we'll... Uh, Second team, isn't it? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that, then. Um, it, we, <laughs> yeah, we just, anyone wants to know, I am, I am Richard <laughs> Approach me on Twitter. The, the disagreement podcast has ended the way it should. There it goes. So, uh, with that, uh, I am going to say Sunji Bye. I'll also say Sunji Bye. And I'll also say Sunji Bye. So, Sanji, bye.